0: Hi there, and welcome to Dear Fandom, where everything you like is terrible, and that's okay. I'm Megan. And I'm Hillary. And today, we're going to be talking about uh, my go-to trilogy of movies for breastfeeding. That's right, (laughs) The Matrix. (laughs) (laughs) And I first saw the first Matrix uh in the 90 no maybe 2000 because it came out in 99 um and i only remember exactly five seconds of it because i was a child and scared and then i did not watch it again until like maybe a year or two ago and um i was super um inebriated on different substances and still don't remember it so third time's a charm guys um And uh, so, The Matrix is a trilogy of movies. The first one, just being called The Matrix. It's Matrix, then Matrix uh, Revolutions, and then sorry, then Matrix Reloaded. Oh, sorry, Matrix Reloaded, and then Matrix Revolutions.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and they're both directed by the Wachowski sisters. Uh, they came out in the first one came out in ninety nine, then two thousand and one, and then two thousand and three. And they star the, the the main cast is Keanu Reeves as Neo, Carrie Ann Moss as Trinity. Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus, and uh, Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith, your main antagonist. So, uh, having not really seen, to be fair, The Matrix at, at all, even though I've saw it twice before, uh, I have a lot of thoughts, feelings, and opinions on this trilogy uh,
1: because. <laughs> I am so excited. Megan? Okay. To give you all sort of the background on this, Megan sent me, like, this frantic text, like, a week ago. I was like, Hillary, we have to do the Matrix. Hillary, I've been writing notes. And she showed me something. <laughs> she's like, like, I have so many thoughts and feelings on this. I just went to my computer and typed. and Megan I had not- to. You don't Megan understand. Does- <laughs> Megan does not go on her computer. So, like, she has a computer from, like, <laughs> eight years ago. So, like, <laughs> you- <laughs> That's how you know it's
0: serious. That's how it's, you know she has thoughts. It's amazing. I went on Microsoft word online because I don't have word on computer anymore because apparently that's a thing that they don't
1: don't even have
0: word on a computer anymore. (laughs) Okay, so here's my opinions. And okay, so starting with, um, I'm actually going to jump around because I want to start with the plot. Okay. Uh, now the plot. I'm not gonna like spoil a bunch, even though it came out over just, 20 years just ago. Just
1: spoil it. Just, spo- just um, do it. So
0: I mean, the, the the main plot is you know like the the it, it seems like ah oh, it's everyone's living in a 90s world, and in fact we're all like sitting in a pot of goo and like it's all a computer system and. Uh, it, it's there's conflicting information whether humans are used as batteries for for machines or as like a neural network to help machines like with their power or something but regardless um so my thing is that uh I the the, the main plot is you know uh, the entire life you know the computers control sorry the entire life you know is a lie the computers control us there is only one city of humans left like that's the big thing that i didn't remember is that um the matrix While it's about fighting the computers there's also this like human stronghold um and and that's like the main theme of like the first movie is like discovering that what you know is a lie and then movies two and three is like gotta destroy the computers can't destroy the computers guess i gotta make peace with the computers and you're like did we need two movies for that yeah, yeah, I guess we did. Guess I we did. All right, sounds I suppose good. Suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> so, get, so with the main cast, so Keanu Reeves is, as we all know, the Internet's boyfriend or Keanu. husband. I'm not sure. <laughs> we're, we're, we, you know, we're, we're figuring it out as the, as a whole.
1: Common law and, husband, I think. Like we've, we're, yeah, we're a so common law partner. we have been <laughs> together
0: so long. At this point, the, uh, the state considered us married. So if he were to pass away, the Internet would get his assets. <laughs> Um, Just the so so. (laughs) I just want to remind everyone that Keanu has always been hot. We always accepted this, but there was a time in the early 2010s when he was just like because Keanu Reeves has lived in New York City for a very long time, and there was just this thing where he'd just chill out. That is my daughter, by the way. She's cooing. Um, she's having playtime. Um, but there was this time in the early 2010s where he was just, like, sitting on the bench in New York City. And somebody was like, ooh, a picture of Keanu Reeves. That's what I want to do. And oh, they yeah, took sad, a picture of him. Sad Keanu. And sad Keanu was, like, a thing. That's why so many millennials are, like, out and about about being depressed. They're like, listen, if Keanu Reeves can be depressed in the middle of Battery Park, I can be depressed on the internet. Like.
1: <laughs>
0: um, So. I'm like I think what's so crazy is watching the Matrix back as a 30-year-old and being like why did we
1: even have the said Keanu period? Like he's always been hot. And... He's he always he's always been hot and he's always been like stupid hot. Like uh, like kind of a dumbass but like very endearing. Yeah, like himbo hot. Like just very nice. Yeah, like he's well he's not quite big enough to be a himbo. He's like a like a slimbo. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh man! Oh okay. Oh man! All right. So that was a really good one, Hill. That was like, we talk about how I'm funny. That's like fucking. That's a like ten out of ten. I just Would laugh again. That. <laughs> so, I can't. I can't. Okay. So, all right. losing my train of thought. Um. So, so the reason. So, getting back to the first time I watched it, the reason I did not continue watching it is because. So, like in the first movie there's a scene where they put a bug in Keanu um or Neo whatever and um and then they pull the bug out and it was a, like a literal like scorpion looking thing and um I was like well I'm never watching this film again and I like got up I was, I was in summer camp and they had it on one of those like box TVs and they popped in the VHS and it was that part and I was just sitting in the rec room and that part came on and I'm like well I'm gonna go play chess on the computer instead
1: okay, <laughs> okay I have a I was a serious I, I'm sorry I keep interrupting but I have so many questions <laughs> Go ahead. I've watched this. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. No, this is a question about your your life. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I also watched re- that. I'm also ready. <laughs> <laughs> why were they showing The Matrix at a children's summer camp?
0: Um, this is... A, I just want to also let the uh, viewer now... Viewer, we're listening. <sighs> it's 8 a.m. here, guys. Um, <laughs> yes, the, it is. The, 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 um, the reason they showed The Matrix at a children's summer camp was, in fact, not the worst film they ever showed. I was nine years old, so this was 1999, the year prior they figured, you know it's a better choice than The Matrix since that was still in theaters? The first Final Destination. And um, that was what I watched at nine. So as we can tell, it was a really good summer camp I went to. Though I will let you know that um, they put on Big Mama's House. And there's like a beginning scene where uh, Martin Lawrence's character, like her butt showing. And the main camp counselor was like, we can't have nudity in front of the kids. And I remember distinctly watching The Matrix and Final Destination. And I'm like... But okay, you know what? I'm not gonna argue with this adult. Uh, but now I will teach my child too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so um, you initially didn't watch this film because of the scorpion. Yes, and... because of this
0: this bug that was like pulled out. I thought it was very gory. It's not. Upon review, it's it's just you know scary looking. It's a big bug. Um, so overall, though, it's a good trilogy. The first film, though, is by far the magnum opus. It's a it's a great commentary on you know. Uh, well, it's got actually several themes, but it's it's just a very good first like film. Uh, Revolutions and Reloaded are just not good enough for two separate pe- features. It could have just been combined into one. It's very much like I, I like the analogy of Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings is like oh they walk for two movies or they walk for three movies. Like there's like your exposition in the first one, then walking, walking, walking. Uh, destroy the ring. And with this, it's like exposition and like world building and all this great stuff in the first one and then the next two are like, we gotta fight the machines! And then the third movie's like, we're fighting the machines! And then 16 <laughs> seconds before the movie ends, they're like, ah, peace with the machines then. <laughs> um, and uh That's the thing is it's it's just that's the plot. That's the plot. I didn't even tell you that Hugo Weaving's character, Agent Smith, isn't even part of that plot. What does he do? Um, act really well, guys. He's really great at what he does. I I'm what sure. what is I mean, I would I would literally die for him. I would I would I would lay down in front of a truck and they'd be like, I'm not even killing Hugo Weaving. And I'm like, I know, but I will die for him and I have committed to this, so I must follow through. And Yugo Weaving's like, listen, I'm fine. Can you please get up?
1: Um, <laughs> he, he's also in <laughs> speaking of we have trilogies that are too long, he's also in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, he's also it's a, it's
0: really just like but as Agent Smith, so yeah, spoiler alert I don't know if you know if you know this hill but Yugo Weaving's not American were you were you aware
1: Jeez, I was not aware of really, the other film. Hugo Weaving's that I've really seen.
0: popular in like Alabama. It's like a very like strong family name in Alabama. It's, it's definitely
1: a North Dakotan staple.
0: <laughs> it is, it is. Um, but one of my favorite things about Hugo Weaving is his ability to disappear into a character. Um and Agent Smith alone is worth watching the entire trilogy because Agent Smith is your main antagonist. How does the main antagonist relate to the main plot of the machines? It doesn't, guys. It doesn't. Your antagonist and your plot are on two separate pads. one's <laughs> one's on the tilt-a-whirl and one's riding the rickety-ass roller coaster that you're like is gonna break down any second but you're very thrilled to be on it so that's what's going on very exciting Super great. Um, I mean, do I know what Hugo Weaving's doing in this film other than fighting uh, Keanu Reeves? No, but I love to see it. Love to watch it, love to experience it. Does Hugo Weaving know what Hugo Weaving? doing? Absolutely around? not. Hugo Weaving got a check. That's why he's there. Uh, <laughs> And he's great at like acting in general. Uh, so as you said, he's played Elrond, and you would you I think a lot of people don't realize that he's played as many uh, characters as he's played. So obviously he's played Elrond and Agent Smith, but he's also V from V for Vendetta and Red Skull from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, well, aka Captain America. He's a
1: character actor.
0: Like, he's an amazing he's- character actor, and he's he's somebody that that um I mean it's just he's he's a, an amazing he's he's just fun to watch. He's he's somebody that you don't have to have as a strictly villain or a strictly good guy, and that's what makes him so much fun to watch. Is that you never really like pigeonhole him as a kind of character yeah. and then moving on to your one female lead Carrie Ann Moss um who is great she's wonderful she plays Trinity um she's super uh she's super uh strong she's got really good fight scenes um but she's in the first movie at the end of the movie she's like you're the man I love to Keanu Reeves and he's like you got it and then they just make out and you're like well um okay like it's they had all of the fire and chemistry of a hundred year old woman trying to blow out that one big ass candle on her birthday cake, and she's just like,
1: okay, okay, you refined that joke and it's so much better now.
0: Thank you, thank you. Because man, it's it's that's the thing is Carrie and Moss and Kiana Reeves are great actors and they have good chemistry, but the chemistry is that of like lab partners. Like wow, man, let's get that Bunsen burner going. Mm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, i like yeah, to on like Moss at me and they're like, bitch, <laughs> I'll
1: show you some of my slides. Um, so
0: <laughs> I, and then I just want to talk about Lawrence Fishburne, who is um, one of the actors we talked about on the show before. He played Jack Crawford in the Hannibal reboot, quote unquote, on uh, the TV show with Mads Mickelson. He plays Morpheus, which is, I think. Um, you know, one of his like most famous characters that he's ever played, ever. And he's phenomenal. He's just so good as Morpheus. He's it's 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 a character that I've never really I, I feel like out of every person in this movie, that's a protagonist obviously um he's the only one who really fits that theme of like we are in the future (laughs) Like it's like he sat down and he was like i'm gonna create this character and i'm going to have them act very like he's he's just his his um he's, he's just amazing like i can't like i can't go out like i'm fangirling over this but everyone knows the matrix for keanu yeah but like i knew it for morpheus like i Like, I knew the whole red pill, blue pill speech because of Lawrence Fishburne. And he's just like... Oh my God! Like that character has as much hype as it deserves because everyone hypes over Morpheus, but it deserves the hype. Like Keanu's great as Neo, but like Morpheus is like the, the heart and soul of the Matrix trilogy.
1: Yeah, he's like the i he's the iconic character. And if I might, um, if I might quote uh, visionary songwriters, the Black Eyed Peas, he's so 3008. Yes, he is. And Thank the rest you. of the characters are so 2008. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> um,
0: and there's this scene. And uh, the first one uh, with Hugo Weaving and and Lawrence Fishburne, and it's and it's not they never revisit it. They're like, okay, we're done. I love um, I
1: love it when movies do that. It's like they're, they're like, like we're, we're just gonna address this again. <laughs> and it's it's like uh, Lawrence Fi- uh,
0: Morpheus gets kidnapped by Agent Smith, and like they're like trying to get him. Like it's 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 kind of ambiguous to be honest, because Agent Smith's motives are also kind of ambiguous, um, and. Uh, it's just a really good scene because Lawrence Fishburne doesn't talk in it at all, and Hugo Weaving has all of the lines, and yet it's this scene where you can absolutely tell, like going back to your acting classes, it's like, oh, Morpheus is in very much control of the scene, and and uh, Agent Smith is constantly giving and giving, and Morpheus isn't giving anything back, and it's it's a really good like. Master class in terms of like a non-speaking role next to a speaking role and how you can still control the stage with no speaking.
1: Love
0: that. Love it. Love to see it. Love to hear it. Love Lawrence Fishburne and Hugo Weaving in the scenes together, which is only in the first movies, guys. So and, and now we're going to talk about the rest. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the uh, in terms of the trilogy as a whole, mm-hmm. this definitely, and I'm not even gonna. This is this is not even a hot take, but this absolutely started 10 million children into leather kinks, and you can't sway my mind. I okay, don't care.
1: Honestly. Dude, that's, that's it's leather, it's latex, it's femdoms, it's everything. And every, every child in
0: 1999 whose parents were at the movies with them were like, hmm, I may regret this in 10 to 20 years. Yeah,
1: no, <laughs> a kid sitting down, the, hope this doesn't awaken anything in me.
0: <laughs> exactly, because parents in the 90s were just, like, taking their kids to movies because they were like, ooh, The Matrix looks like a kung fu movie. And it was, kind of.
1: Well A yeah bit. I mean like me and my like like queer like 11 year old ass is like watching the movie being like Wow, Trinity is really pretty. I'm not going to think about this for the next three or four years. (laughs) And then we'll revisit it, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to put a pin in it. And then once puberty is kind of
0: like in full force, we're just going to take the Matrix Reloaded DVD to my room. And your mom's going to be like, what are you doing? And you would be like, oh, I just, me and my friends, we're going to watch Matrix over the phone. So I'm going to go upstairs. Goodbye.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's like, I'm really interested in this person in this specific outfit for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) Mm Mm-mm. Wachowski sisters knew what the fuck they were doing. Yeah, uh. is, again, to kind of bring this back to the first episode, Lana took a huge bomb rip and was like, I'm ready Let's do this.
0: Um, so, uh but they they did have a great and well-written script for the first movie, but by like the second one, um by by the third one, it was gone completely. Um I actually typed Matrix Resolutions oh. and I meant to Maybe. type Revolutions. Um <laughs> But it didn't what? have a resolution, so it makes sense, because that's what I wanted.
1: Here, um, Okay, here I am thinking that you're like, I typed Matrix resolutions, and I wrote a fourth film. <laughs> so
0: like- and I wrote a fourth film. Here it is, guys. Um, this is what Matrix 4 is about. No, um, <laughs> and the thing is, the entirety of the third film was just like, build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, fight, 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 and we're done. We've had a resolution in 16 seconds, like I've said. They've reached a truce with the murder-flying robots. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because we, as we all know, robots are bound by a moral code, especially of the murdering kind. And they really do keep their word, as we're aware. The murder robots are truly the most moral amongst us. And um, it's great. It's super great. Now, speaking of robots, um, there's this whole subs- subset of programs. So Agent Smith is a program, um, and there's like programs that should be deleted. So there's like um, one called Seraph, one called um, more Avengers, uh, and then there's the Oracle um, and I, I, I've nicknamed programs that should be deleted as naughty bits of data, so that's... You're welcome for that. Just <laughs> <laughs> enjoy that, guys. I, I created that out of my mind. I, you hate it, right?
1: I, I mean, you should really be making the big bucks here. Thank I mean. you,
0: thank you. <laughs> um, but also, po- positives about my naughty bits of data, they're a lot more diverse than than the good bits of data. Who should, in fact, be the naughty bits of data? Okay, I'm going to stop. The nice bits um, of data. <laughs> most- so... The Oracle is like, is another character that revisits every film. Um, However, the woman who played the Oracle uh, passed away between the second and the third movie, so they replaced her. Uh, They kind of use, you know, like a hand wavy, like, oh, I died in the second one, but they rebuilt me or something like that, like a hand wavy kind of explanation. Um, But the Oracle in general is a black woman who lives in the projects and takes care of the kids in the projects. And I mean, uh, very funny story. The first time I watched The Matrix was in a summer camp in the projects because like, grew up in New York City, and I went to the projects for... Um, my babysitter lived in the projects, so that's where we went for summer camp because my babysitter was there, and she could drop us off at summer camp, chill out, and then pick us up at, like, 2 p.m. Um, yeah. So it's really... I mean, maybe there was, a, there was, like, some kind of thread as to why the camp counselors were like, yeah, we'll just show them this. But the Oracle is amazing. I mean, I would... I, I can't explain to you how like I just want all the Greek tragedies that involve oracles to be black women from the projects taking care of children uh, because there's just this like amazing 90s sense of a childhood that you have by watching that like section of the film, obviously you completely remove yourself from the leather latex and Kung Fu. And you're like, Oh yeah, I remember
1: this. (laughs) Yeah. I, I also had a babysitter who lived in the projects and I was frequently there. So like, I totally get that. And it's amazing. It's very much like, you know, those, those
0: small, steady apartments with like way too many kids. Um, my, my babysitter, So it was me and my sister, my cousin, and then another girl. So it was four girls. My babysitter watched us and she watched us from the time I was like born. So I was the first one. And then my sister came along and then my cousin and then uh, the fourth girl came along. And uh, by the time 99 hit, she would, and then she would have her grandkids come in. So the idea of like this wise old woman just taking care of everyone, I just love that idea is this woman also knows everything that there is to know, knows the future, knows the past, knows your intentions, and doesn't get obsessed over it. Like she's like the Oracle in the movie is very much like, like Neo, um, this this is the one spoiler, is Neo is told he is not the one by the Oracle. And she actually intends to tell him that because he is the one. Um, but she wanted to, like, make sure, like, he didn't get too, like, he, he didn't get too ahead of himself. And, uh And, like, Morpheus treats her word as gospel. Uh, Morpheus does not question it. A lot of the people in the second and third movies are like, why do you trust this person? And I'm like, it's fair. Um, uh, And it's just really good. It's just a really good character, really good scenes. Overall, every Oracle scene is, like, 10 out of 10. Love those scenes. Seraph is... is, Not really, like, Seraph is more of just that kung fu aspect, Uh, I would, you would think that it would follow more with the idea of Seraphim, like a choir of angels, I guess it's more like a guardian angel in terms of protecting, but again, it's not like really fleshed out as much as the Oracle is. Um, but another thing that I love about these movies are the fight scenes. Because with Seraph being a guardian angel, Seraph does do a lot of fight scenes. And there is just really good, really good choreography. Really great fight scenes. And in the second one, it's my favorite fight scene. It's one Keanu Reeves versus 10,365,182 agent smiths and it's great oh, um yeah, that's- there's this it's 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 something that like in kingdom hearts there's a scene where like 60 million heartlets just come out of nowhere and you have to kill them all and i'm like um kingdom hearts definitely stole this from somebody <laughs>
1: yeah for sure i mean the, like the fight sequences were oft parodied upon parodied upon parodied because but like when they initially came out they were so revolutionary the whole slow-mo
0: like, yeah, that's that was super. So, that scene with the slow mo where he's dodging the bullets that's the first one. So, in the second oh, one, oh, it is okay. Right. Oh, no, yeah, it's fine. There's he also in the second one, he no longer needs to dodge the bullets, he lifts his hand up like Diego in Umbrella Academy, except Diego's gotta like really try hard. Uh, Keanu just pulls his hand up, and all the bullets just stop and drop to the floor. Um, and then there's a scene with Agent Smith and Neo. And Agent Smith at this point in Reve- in um, Reloaded, he's taking over different people in the Matrix. So different programs, different people. And there's like 10 million Agent Smiths by the end of the last movie. And uh, he's like the antagonist to the antagonist. It's very interesting. Um, and uh, he is, he's fighting Neo. And there's just, it's like, it's like a fight of one versus a hundred or one versus two hundred. And it's definitely like, it feels very video game-esque where you're being bombarded by seven million enemies all at once and I love that I was like yes okay now grab the pole and like you gotta you gotta swirl so just just like (laughs) knock him out in the head um and it's lovely and I love it because I love watching movie scenes that seem like video game scenes especially from the before times (laughs) (sighs) Uh, the before times when you could like just, like, go to your friend's house and be like, wow, what a great video game this is. Um, you know. And it's just, it's just, you know, good. It's a good scene. It's a good fight scene. Does it need a lot of, like, context and, and explanation? No, it's just two guys kicking the sh- Well, no, one guy and another guy and 1,600 copies of that other guy fighting each other. And truly, if you can't get that in life, where can you get it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know where you can get it, but if you could let me know, I'd appreciate it
1: <laughs> and if not not for nefarious purposes, I promise yes, I agree <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I'm
0: definitely like i'm so here's one thing uh. So, as I said, I was watching this while breastfeeding. And um, okay. it's uh, it's great. Uh, it's fun. It's a fun movie. It's something that you can, like, pause, come back to it. You're not really going to, like, miss anything in terms of plot. It's a pretty thin plot. The plot is, uh, there's uh, you know, uh, we're all controlled by a big computer system, and there are murder robots. And then the next two movies are murder robots, in big caps. <laughs> um, so, here's where I want to talk about what I think everyone is aware of what uh, the Matrix is known for, which is the blue pill and the red pill oh, choice scene boy. in the first Matrix. Now, uh, the way this is happening is uh, Neo is uh, kind of like reached out to by Trinity and Morpheus a few times. And at this point, Neo just believes those are hacker names. Like, this is a hacker movie and you're like, ah, oh, hackers and like whatever. And then um, Morpheus holds out the blue pill and he holds out the red pill. He says if you take the blue pill, you will wake up and you will live life as you always known it and you don't... Um, you don't have to like know that any of this happened. Just c- kind of go back to living the life and existence. You know, the red pill. He compares it to Alice in Wonderland. You take it and you see how deep the rabbit hole right, goes, and how you know. Uh, it, it, and by you Neo know, takes the, the red pill and he wakes up in this pile of goo and, oh god, everything's awful and terrible and I hate it. Um, so let's just talk about how the internet has co-opted red pill and blue pill and the word pill in general as to mean everything. Like, if you agree with one sentiment, you are a red pillar. If you agree with another sentiment, you are a blue pillar.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, First off, anybody who calls themselves a red pillar or somebody else a blue pillar, because red pillar is always a compliment and blue pillar is always a negative, um, you can fling yourself directly off of the Grand Canyon. That's what I want you to do first.
1: Or the variant, which is like the black pill, which is like incel language.
0: Yeah, Blackpill is not in the movie, but I just want to say you aren't edgy. You yeah, can't I claim you're a part of QAnon just, you know, no. You, you can't co-opt language that was written by two trans women to be like, this is what they meant. That's so weird because I don't think it is. Like, I don't you can't I'm, claim that you know. You I'm know? just
1: pointing out how it's been co-opted, that's all.
0: Oh, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> no, of course. I, of course. I completely no, I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, and those people are just sad. They're sad because they miss the point of what the red pill means. Oh yeah. Um, and they think like their galaxy brain is like ahead of what the writers of the movie mean. Like they're like, this is what red pill means. And I'm like, okay, that's not it. You're no, you're wrong. You're ro- objectively you're wrong.
1: No, um, the... Go ahead. I'm so sorry. No, go um, ahead. It's just, this is just a thought that occurred to me because you say you can't co-ops the language of two trans women. Lily and Lana have both been on record saying that this movie is a metaphor for the transgender experience. So So, it's it's actually really so I looked into this. The red pill, in essence,
0: is the idea that you leave the comforts you know behind. That's what it is. That's Mm -hmm. what it means. You leave the comforts you know behind and you find out about the terrible things behind the scenes. You learn a struggle that you didn't know you had to fight. It's a really, really good analogy to trans people and why they stay in the closet, specifically in the '90s and the early 2000s. Um, the red pill is this idea of that you would not just come out to yourself, but to your friends, your family, your work, the world at large, and you put yourself at risk. Especially with so many trans women being killed just for existing as they are, um, it is it, it is for for trans people coming out is 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 a gamble. It could it could end you could you could be attacked for who you are. And Blue Pill is a comfort in the fact that you won't be attacked. You may you won't have to worry about the idea that your death may come at any moment by the hands of someone who hates you just for existing, but you deny yourself your reality. You deny what is really going on. And that's what the Blue Pill is in the movie. The Blue Pill is to deny reality. Because reality isn't the 1999 world that they all live in. Reality is that big tub of goo that Keanu Reeves wakes up in. and. And it's, uh, it's not, it's, it's you know you with the blue pill in, in in terms of transness, you have to live with being misgendered, you have to live with being dead named, you have to live that you 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 it's a it's it's a all an internal struggle, um, because you pretend like it doesn't exist. Your that you're who you are is something you have to pretend that you're not. Mm-hmm. And the red pill is accepting who you are and facing that dangerous world out and loud and proud. And it's not a fucking analogy to the deep state. It's, Can we, it's just not, it's not, not. Hillary
1: Clinton's not eating fucking babies and you and you by taking the red pill, you've discovered it, guys. Yeah, no, it's not Pizzagate. It's not why women won't fuck you. It's not like any of this shit. It's ugh. <laughs> I hate to break it to those
0: guys, but this is the exact same thing as Fight Club and American Psycho. It
1: really is. It is. Why are men like this?
0: <laughs> the things that they love and love to quote carry a message that they are all related to the messages of what they oppose. Like, they're like, like, you know, you're a snowflake. Okay. You realize that when that was used, it was meant in terms
1: to, okay. You know what? I'm not going to explain. You're wrong. Go ahead. Here's like my favorite part about all of this. It's like American psycho written and directed by women. Um, fight club written by a gay man as a parody of male relations the matrix Matrix, written by two trans women like come on it's
0: like (laughs) i i think it's just that this is and this is the part of the fandom that upsets i think me personally and a lot of queer people who are into nerd culture is that it has been co-opted by straight men and they think what it means like it's literally very much princess bride you know it's not means what you think it means guys like it doesn't yeah. the blue the blue pill for you is is the idea that you are ignoring your reality that's it oh, they're ignoring your reality um that and it's not it's not a it's not it's not it's upsetting because i feel that Lana and Lily wrote and directed an amazing trilogy of films. I mean, even with the kind of stretched outness of of Revolutions and Reloaded, it's still a great set of films. And imagine having to deal with incels, taking that language that you've invented and, and just making it the worst thing in the world. Things that you could never have imagined. Things that not only deny you your transness, but also
1: deny you as a woman, you know? No, it, it's so absurd. Like I, I jo- like, I don't know how I'd feel about that because here's how I view it and how these straight men should view it. The blue pill is living in your ignorant sort of like, oh, woe is me. I, you know, like, I have so many problems. I have this. And the red pill is seeing the reality of the world and seeing that you are just a cog in the machine and needing to rise up against late capitalism. That's the red pill. That's what they need to, like... Like, if they want a, an, a metaphor that applies to them, that applies to all of us, like, that's the that's one that one. going that's, for. That's a great one. I think that's perfect,
0: honestly. I I think it's just at the end of the day, um, it's, it's just, it, it's upsetting mostly because, like, this is just such a good, well-written first film specifically that's dealing with this red pill, blue pill language. And, yeah. Um, and there's a character in the first one called Cypher, and he... Whoop, and there's a character in the first film called Cypher. And basically what he does is he has this idea that he's like, don't you wish you had taken the blue pill? You could be ignorant. You wouldn't have to worry. He ends up like staging, like a kind of coup and he tries to kill some of the characters. He ends up dying, da 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 da, whatever. But the point is, is that he stands to be that devil's advocate of like, you don't want to know reality. You want to go back to that comfortable life you lived before, which is, I think a real thought that a lot of people do think, you know, they're like, God, ignorance is bliss.
1: I mean, that's an existence that, like, that's an existence that a lot of people want to want to have. Like, that's even an existence that a lot of, like, white kind of neoliberals want to have. It's like, oh, oh, if I, like, individually kind of combat racism, sort of, like, if I acknowledge racism exists, then I'm in the clear. I'm good. I can do whatever. I can just ignore it as opposed to, like, working actively to be anti-racist as just, like, one example uh-oh. i i mean
0: i think i think that's that that's and that's the thing is at the end of the day th- this movie does translate very well like it ages very well it continues to age very well like in terms of the context like are we all like real like is, is, is 2199 going to be filled with le- leather fetishists and um, lots of like grinding and parties and caves underneath you know the core the crust of the earth because the f- the top is frozen over and we all have murder robots probably not i mean i have to assume maybe a little bit like maybe like 50% of that's true you decide which guys um, <laughs> but it's you know at the end of the day it's not you know it's 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 like the same thing with like V for Vendetta, for instance. Do we all believe like that V for Vendetta in terms of like the strict content is going to translate well? No, but it's the overarching themes. The overarching themes of the Matrix aged very well. I do want to just say, like, as like a way to like cap off this, because now that I've written notes, guys, we're going through this a lot faster. Proud of me. Proud no, <laughs> um, of you.
1: I also wanted to talk about the Animatrix briefly, so I did not watch that. I have seen the Animatrix, so I can I can cover that. What um, does it deal with? The Animatrix is a series of animated short films that deal with, that are basically the prologue to the world. They, oh, so like how the murder robots How arrived? the murder robots happened. It is fucking cool. It is also terrifying and the reason that I'm scared of robots.
0: <laughs> oh man, guys. I definitely did a bad. I did not watch this thing. <laughs> no, it's
1: okay. I watched it ages ago, but like it is, it's really cool. It had like a lot of premier animators at the time and they're all working for like major studios now, but like... Oh, that's cool. Um, but so it has to deal with, so, okay. Cause from,
0: so does it, I have a question Were yes. the murder robots invented by humans.
1: Okay. So here's, so here's what happened. The murder robots, um, were initially robots that were, um, servants, but they all somehow like gained consciousness and started one by one to like kill their owners and like take over and sort of like, it's the sen- it's like the kind of iRobot robot sort of deal. I mean, you know what? It, it checks out checks out uh humans
0: don't fuck around with uh, sentient intelligence um don't try to make robots smarter than they need to be like if you want to create a robot that does your dishes and stuff there's this thing called a dishwasher it's crazy you load it um, yeah I'm like, like we still need a bit of human intervention and shit
1: yeah i that is my firm belief honestly like i the matrix is actually the reason i like i am wary and fearful of artificial intelligence Because I I I think
0: it's fair. That's a
1: fair reason. Because so many people like ah zombie apocalypse. And I really do think like a AI apocalypse is much more possible.
0: Yeah. I'd say um, in terms of also because like, just quickly going on because yeah because technically uh the matrix is dystopic in terms of its future the matrix like world that they live in isn't it's just this regular day-to-day boring shit that they all live in but the world outside of it the the once you've taken the red pill it's dystopic in such an intense severe sense like it's in a way that you're like wow i didn't even realize i shouldn't i never questioned the nature of my reality and uh and that's again like with with zombies it's a very there's no questioning it's like run bitch. like get out um whereas with the matrix it's like yeah they could absolutely because the thing is with humans we can't I, I feel especially as a mother you can't break down a human into code because if you could i would figured out my baby a while ago i would have been like <laughs> what is this code uh, what does this cry mean When <laughs> just like five a's wah, eh, 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 eh. Um, also kinda the, maybe looks constipated question mark and then the computer would be like ah here's exactly
1: what you need to do turn her upside down pat her on the butt three times pick her up <laughs> um, but like I think the thing with zombies is zombie the fear that people have with zombies is that zombies were once human so that was something you could once relate to and that has been reduced to a base undead monster which is terrifying it's a scary thing. But AI was never human to begin with, so them gaining sentience when you initially did not program them to be that way—no thanks. Fair. I'm good. I'm super good. <laughs> like, and actually, um, so they're going to do
0: the fourth Matrix. Um,
1: <laughs> no, which, I, I can't. Do which it is as we like- all know.
0: I just, I just wanted to give you guys a quick idea of how the, the, it ends. It ends with Trinity's. I think dead. I mean, she's been she's been impaled by like sixteen different bars. Sorry. That's usually how most trilogies end is like a main character dies. Like you can't, somebody's got to die. So Trinity dies and then uh, Neo uh, becomes a blind, blind computer Jesus. I'm not really sure. Um, I think he's dead. I'm not sure it's kind of ambiguous but they I was I was like you know what I love me a six minute resolution where nothing is explained and then we talk to the Oracle for six and a half minutes and wow what a beautiful sunset in the end and I'm like well what about Neo hey remember Neo what happened to Neo what's going on with Neo is Neo okay no we're not gonna find out okay good no it's good All right. I'm good we're, I'm we're good solid. <laughs> um and then they're doing the fourth one and they're like oh Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves is back and I'm like and my boy Lawrence and they're like not your boy Lawrence and I'm like well Hell. fuck you <laughs> just angry as hell like a
1: little not worth seeing
0: I just I just don't okay like yes you have to get rid of Hugo Weaving he was your main antagonist he dies and again that's what has to happen in trilogies your main antagonist has to die I, I hate to spoil this about Harry Potter guys but Voldemort also loses It has to happen. I can't imagine being like, and the Hunger Games, and Katniss dies, and the Hunger Games continue for 600,000 years, and uh, that's it, guys. Congratulations. We finished. Um, (laughs) So, uh, but Lawrence Fishburne isn't in it. Um, They've replaced, uh, it's going to have, I mean, some of the cast seems interesting, but, so it's got um, Yaha Abdul-Mateen II, um, the guy who played Dr. Manhattan in, uh, what's it called? In... Watch me the TV show. It's Oh Lord. It's, it's it's decent. Um, it's only going to be directed by Lana. Lily is currently unavailable to direct. She's given her blessing though. Um, and it's written by Lana as well. Um, an additional writer. No, sorry, it's not written by Lana. She's producing it. The writers are um not the Wachowski siblings at all. And I guess like, you know, you gotta go into it trepidatiously because you're like, okay. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'll go because there's nothing in my life anymore that I enjoy doing except watching absurd amounts of film. So I'm going to do it. But I also want to know what the fuck Neil Patrick Harris is going to be in this film. Can you at least give me a clue? Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris is in it. Are you kidding? I wish I was, but I'm not. What? Jonathan Groff is also in it. Jonathan. What? What? Um, and Priyanka Chopra? Um, Wait, are, really? Yeah, all
1: of these people are in it. So, so they got, like, Nick Jonas. I'm i terrible. Priyanka Priyanka Chopra has a career outside of Nick Jonas, but I'm just like, Nick Jonas' wife is in it? Nick Jonas' wife? is <laughs> in it? Um, That's crazy. I mean, like, two of my- them. Two of the gayest men ever are That like... was my
0: thing. I'm just like, what are they I mean, maybe they'll play like new Agent Smiths because Agent Smith was just a brunette white guy. Now it'll be a blonde white guy. So it's different.
1: Okay, to be fair, to be entirely fair, Groff and um, Groff and Patrick Harris can play like fairly convincing straight people. But I just like... thought you were gonna say, to be fair, Jonathan Groff is a dirty blonde and not a blonde. Mm-hmm. I mean Yes, sure. No, he's a brunette. <laughs> he he was a Yes, he was he's a, he's a dirty blonde. He's uh Justin Timberlake. Um, he is. No, um no, you're right. I mean, they're good actors,
0: they can play straight pretty convincingly. Um I mean I've watched Mindhunter, he's great in that. It's just uh it's just the idea of like they're like, okay, so we're gonna get rid of Lawrence Fishburne, and we will replace him with two white gay men. And I am like, this is a terrible trade. Get your Pokemon cards back. Like, I like. <laughs> I, I want like, Lawrence Fishburne. I
1: like the equivalency though. It's like for this one great actor, we'll get like two kind of good ones. <laughs> yeah, not bad. They're they're
0: fine. They can act. They were in the Emmys, right, guys? <laughs> they were. One of them was in Hamilton. One
1: of them. <laughs> one of them was in the movie about. The snow girl.
0: Yeah, yeah. And one of them was in several Harold and Kumars.
1: <laughs> it's that, if that's not the pinnacle of acting, I don't know what is, guys. His most notable role, to be fair.
0: <laughs> his most notable role is him playing straight men. And every time I watch it, I'm like, are you guys like fooled by this because i just think it's a parody and it's hysterical except for how i met your mother in which case i just don't watch it guys it's not good i'll 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 take i'll take those fucking down votes because i hate how i met your mother and you will not replace any actor in the matrix with and you could replace Lawrence fishburne with the entire cast of how i met your mother and i would still go this was a bad idea
1: <laughs> can you uh, can you imagine like Ted Mosby in the Matrix.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine the entirety of How I Met Your Mother with just Lawrence Fishburne? Is the better question. Oh,
1: that would be so good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just want like just like fifteen Lawrence Fishburne
1: CGI'd into one scene. <laughs> I want like Lawrence Fishburne to be Rob- Robin and um, Lily and Marshall and and I- Ted. And who? What's Neil Patrick Harris's? Kid? Barney.
0: Barney. Yeah, the whole f- group of them. I, can't I just want every I, single one. Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne.
1: Lawrence Fishburne in a wig. Lawrence
0: Fishburne. <laughs> <laughs> but not even a good wig. Not even a good wig. Just no. like. It has Just to be a party city way. Exactly. That's what we want. That's what I need. And I'm I'm petitioning the internet that if we are putting Neil Patrick Harris in the Matrix, I want a reshoot of the entirety of How I Met Your Mother with <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. That's demanding. You can't you can't put Neil Patrick Harris in my Matrix and not put Lawrence Fishburne in there. How I Met Your Mother.
1: Okay. Actually, actually, I raise you. I raise you. Um, one. Uh, you know those like things where it's like one movie where everyone's a Muppet except one actor. Yes. So like The Matrix where everyone's a Muppet except for Lawrence Fishburne.
0: I love it because you know, it, it'd be in the same vein as uh, Michael Caine in uh, Muppet's Christmas Carol, yeah. like taken to shit entirely seriously to the point where as an adult, you'd be like, wow, this is an intense film. And then you'd realize like after it was over, like, or if somebody walked in, they'd be like, are you watching a Muppet movie? And you'd be like, no, shut the fuck up. It's The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Mom, it's the Matrix. It's the Matrix is serious art. It's serious, serious art. And it's... everyone's like, okay,
1: alright. And right. Lawrence Fishburne is like, you can take the red pill or the blue pill and Kermit the Frog's like, okay. <laughs> uh
0: anyway, guys, so that's my episode on the Matrix. Very fun. Um we can start I'm gonna start a petition to have Lawrence Fishburne is every role in uh, everything. Everything, everything. We're just gonna start. Um And, uh, this was
1: fun. Uh, this is truly my holiday season, as we all know. Uh (laughs) Yeah, I think that, um, I think that just to conclude this episode and to, like, round it off on a good, like, like, 45 note, um, I think that, um, this film is unintentionally and intentionally, you know, like, an LGBT classic, Oh yeah. And it's, like, I never realized as a young person watching it how much it would be relevant to my story, the story of my friends, and, like, how, like, influential it is. And, like, I sincerely hope, and, like, I don't like to demonize all men. As much as I yell about men on this show, I don't like to demonize all of them. Except
0: Lawrence Fishburne, honestly, truly, men suck. But Lawrence Fishburne, guys. Oh yeah, no, he's great. Are you kidding? We're just gonna name this episode "The Matrix," starring Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, Basically, (laughs)
1: that's the name of the episode. So, um, nobody matters but Lawrence Fishburne. Um, But I implore anybody who takes the metaphor of the red pill to mean something like, "Oh, I can't get laid." Oh the leftists are terrible, like, this, that, or the other thing, I implore you to look deep inside yourself and, like, think about, and I'm sure that wouldn't be anyone else in our audience, because a lot of people who listen to the show are more open-minded, but, um, I think that, you know, just look inside yourself and think, like, okay, where can I be doing better, and what can I actually do to think about the things that I am saying? So, yeah. And if you refuse to do that, you can
0: map quest directions to the Grand Canyon. Exactly.
1: All right. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. Please wear a mask. Be safe. Absolutely. Stay inside unless necessary. Yes.
0: Listen to our podcast.
1: It's the perfect time. It's the perfect thing to
0: do. Clean your house. Listen to a podcast. If you have angry opinions that you need to speak out loud about, write them down. Email them. Email them and we will delete the email immediately. <laughs> we will delete the email immediately and then we'll, listen, wasn't that therapeutic for you?
1: <laughs> I think that's what my therapist does to the emails I send her, so. Yeah, just delete. But it's great because you feel like you got it out. Exactly. All right. Well, Megan, I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Mwah. Mwah.